When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello. Welcome back. Welcome to another Headlines episode of the podcast where we are discussing four need-to-know environmental news stories in 15 minutes or less. We are on a time crunch with these headlines episodes, so we're jumping right in and we're talking again about Shein. Shein and Forever 21 have struck a deal. They have joined forces independently. They both have strong followings of young shoppers Independently, they both have reputations for trendy clothing and accessories at low price points. Well, Shein's deal with Forever 21 comes as it tries to distance itself from the sharp criticism it's been receiving with regard to allegations of violating U.S. import tariff laws, with regard to filling up landfills with its super cheap fast fashion items, with its reliance on underpaid and, in some cases, perhaps forced labor. Sheehan, of course, has denied all these allegations and more. The company is also trying to distance itself from China, the country, of course, where it was founded, and its headquarters are now in Singapore. And so, yes, while Sheehan and Forever 21 have similar shoppers, they have catered to those customers in very different ways. Sheehan sells its merchandise online, whereas Forever 21 is a mall staple here in the U.S. And so, yes, there are environmental implications to this deal of which we may not know the depth of such implications at this moment. But Shein is known for adding up to 10,000 new items to its app every single day. So in addition to the pollution, the waste that goes into adding up to 10,000 items onto its app every single day, there are ethical considerations when it comes to workers. So very quickly, an investigation from last October showed that Shein workers make about $556 US dollars a month, and they make 500 pieces of clothing a day. If we do the math out on that, assuming these workers have a five-day work week, which I strongly <laughs> doubt they do, but if they have a five-day work week, they're making 500 pieces of clothing a day, and they're making the equivalent of 556 US dollars per month, they are making 22 cents a garment. Now let's talk about Forever 21. The U.S. Department of Labor investigated 77 Los Angeles garment factories 
back in 2016 and found that workers were paid as little as $4 an hour and an average of $7 an hour for 10-hour days spent sewing clothes for, yes, Forever 21, but also TJ Maxx and Ross Dress for Less, which I've never heard of before. But anyways, Forever 21 workers, garment workers in LA, they are not making a livable wage. However, if these jobs of creating these garments, now that these two mega corporations are fused together, if these jobs go to Shein factories, what does that mean for worker exploitation? We will see. And so I was thinking about shop retainment. It's something we discussed on yesterday's episode. Shop retainment is that phenomenon that's so central to life in 2023. You know, we shop as a means of entertainment because we're bored. Well, what if we shopped altruistically? There is a brand new green startup that helps you do just that. It's called Nulker, N-U-L-L-K-E-R. It helps you give back because if you consume, you should compensate, right? Nulker is, again, a fundraising platform that helps you spend your money not on a thing, but on an environmentally leaning project that puts good back out into the world. So we're not putting clutter back into the world. We're not putting fast fashion litter out into the world. We're putting good back into the world. And so I see fundraising platforms as a way to perhaps hopefully get that shop retainment without contributing to the degradation of the environment. So how does it work? It's as easy as just picking a project that speaks to you, anything from planting trees in Siberia to reviving the Egyptian desert through agroforestry to protecting all five rhino species in eight countries, you name it, there is a project for you. You can just donate and feel good about yourself. 95%, that's a big percentage, everybody. 95% of your contribution goes directly to the project you've chosen, and 5% goes to the platform, to running the platform. The big draw with shop retainment, as I see it, is when you shop for entertainment. So let's say you're on Shein's app and you're just scrolling through the 10,000 new items per day, right? You get a reward. You get a reward in the form of a piece of fast fashion clothing. And the reward, the thing you buy, is what keeps you coming back to, in this case, the Shein app, right? Well, one reason I wanted to talk about Nulker, which again is this brand new fundraising app, is it understands that the reward is a big part of the transaction. And so after each donation you give to the project that you choose, you get a reward in the form of a promo code, let's say, from their advertising partners. And so if you're a person who wants to get something for spending money, you get something by supporting a Nulker-backed project. So I'll link to them in the show notes. If the need to shop for entertainment is strong for you, perhaps we find a shop retainment by, again, putting good out into the world as opposed to pollution, litter, waste. We're moving on to talking about seafood. Last week, Japan began releasing wastewater from the Fukushima nuclear plant disaster into the oceans. Well, now China has banned seafood from Japan in response. So let's back up. The tsunami wrecked Fukushima nuclear plant 
began releasing that first batch of treated radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean. This was a controversial step. And in response, China immediately banned seafood coming from Japan. Now, many Japanese citizens protested this wastewater release. Japanese fishing groups fear it will further damage the reputation of their seafood. But the Japanese government says that the water must be released to make room for the plant's decommissioning and to prevent accidental release. They say the treatment and dilution will make this wastewater safer than international standards, and the environmental impact of releasing it into the ocean is negligible. The wastewater released into the Pacific Ocean last week, that was just the first set of more than a million tons of wastewater that's scheduled to be discharged into the ocean over the next 30 years. Now, is seafood from this area actually safe to eat? The short answer is that it probably does not have any higher levels of radioactivity than in the seafood from other parts of the ocean. People, you, me, all of us, we are exposed to radioactivity every day. And that's not according to me. That's according to the International Atomic Energy Agency. Radiation is present in sunlight, in soil, in the air we breathe, and yes, in the food we eat. And what's most important is the amount of the radioactive exposure. The oceans, too, have already demonstrated their fair share of radioactivity, and this was long before Japan started releasing its Fukushima wastewater. There are plenty of commonly found radioactive isotopes in the ocean already. And according to the Canadian Nuclear Service Commission, a person would need to take in an awful, awful lot of one of these specific radioactive isotopes in the environment to see a negative health effect. One professor of environmental science in particular, his name is Jim Smith. He has extensively studied the impact of radioactive pollutants on the environment. He reported to Time magazine that fish and seafood from Japan are still safe. So why on earth is China banning seafood from Japan? Well, it sounds like a lot of hype and double standards, which suggests that they're using this issue to score political points over Japan, which of course is a regional rival at the expense of scientific rigor. So what's the take-home message here? The take-home message is that according to science, this wastewater is diluted enough that it's not going to have an oversized effect on our seafood coming from Japan. We have bigger, more pressing issues to worry about than radioactive seafood from Japan. We're going to take our one and only sponsor break, and then we are going to discuss cargo ship testing of special sales, and we're also going to discuss green propane. Oh my goodness, yes. Stay with me. We'll be back in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high-quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game-changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. 
Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back. Before the break, we discussed the joining of fast fashion forces, Shein and Forever 21. We also discussed seafood concerns around Fukushima. And now we are on to two very quick stories that have to do with innovations in the green space. The first comes out of the UK. There is a firm called Bar Technologies that has developed a giant rigid sail called Wind Wings for cargo ships. So think about a sailboat, right? Then think about a cargo ship. Picture both in your mind. These wind wings are huge sails. They measure 123 feet tall. They are made out of steel and glass composite. They're made out of the same materials as wind turbines. Now, they can be folded down when the ship is in port, and they're currently being tested on a cargo ship that, again, is currently right now traveling from China to Brazil. These wind wings enable a vessel to be blown along by the wind rather than relying on its engine. And hopefully, fingers crossed, this will reduce a cargo ship's lifetime emissions by 30%, almost a third. That's huge. Experts say wind power is a promising area to explore because it is estimated that the shipping industry is responsible for just over 2% of global carbon dioxide emissions. The beauty here is that wind wings offer a retrofit solution that can help reduce the carbon emissions of existing vessels so no new boats need to be made. As for next steps, the performance of these wings will be carefully monitored along this route from China to Brazil so that, of course, improvements in the design can be made before it's produced at scale. Our final story today is more innovations in the green tech space. The Illinois Institute of Technology, they have come across a promising breakthrough in green energy in which 
They have created an electrolyzer device that converts carbon dioxide into propane. Now, let's back up and talk about how propane is usually produced. Propane is typically a byproduct of crude oil refining and the processing of natural gas. And since both crude oil and natural gas extraction, both of those techniques require drilling, this new method out of Illinois Tech differs because it's using carbon dioxide that's already readily available. So this electrolyzer uses inexpensive and readily available materials to produce tricarbon molecules, which are the fundamental building blocks for fuels like propane. And so this breakthrough is really promising because now we can make propane in a renewable manner. And so I wanted to cover these two stories today, wind wings and again, this electrolyzer device out of Illinois Tech because it it warms my heart and it makes me feel optimistic to see science and innovation working towards solving some of our big planetary problems. So we're ending on some positive notes today. I will see you Tuesday next week is Bye for Life week. I'll see you then. Have an amazing weekend and take care.